Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Star Family Wisdom podcast. It's so good to be here with you today. I'm Jenna Layden, the founder of Star Family Wisdom and a former global vice president for Whole Foods Market. How are y'all doing? And I'm Sinead Willihan. I'm your co-host here on the Star Family Wisdom podcast, and I'm very happy to be here with everyone today. We have a refreshing chat ahead, at least for you and I, Jenna, because it's been a while since we've done a recording together and we've been missing that. So it's really nice to be here back together, just you and me today, having this chat. And we've had some very weird experiences. <laughs> yeah, we have so much to catch up on and catch everyone else up on. So yeah, Sinead and I in July went through regressions. We decided it was time for me to get a second regression and for Sinead to get her first regression. And if y'all remember, we did interviews with Barbara. Barbara Lamb in, I think, June. And those episodes aired at the beginning of July or end of June. And we had this awesome conversation with her about her history of you know, past life regression and ET contact case regressions. And that triggered for us this desire to, to do that with her. She was our person to, to go through that experience with. And so we both went through the experience, had very different experiences, and have spent the last month integrating a lot of new things that got uncovered from that experience as a result of that experience, and then just integrating some additional experiences, of course, related to ETs that have happened since then. <laughs> Sinead has a really fun one that we'll talk about. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a crazy month. It really has been. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. You and I have conversations, of course, that nobody ever hears when we're doing our business planning around Star Family Wisdom and we're talking about the podcast and it, you know, we always arrive at the same conclusion over and over again, which is that basically our work life and our personal life are almost one and the same, right? Because we've made our life entirely about this journey of being human, this journey of, you know, evolving consciously and trying to make ourselves the best human beings that we can and trying to, you know, contribute to ourselves, to others, to the world. And so, you know, it's just so fascinating to me that the more, not the more, but in conjunction with creating Star Family Wisdom, um, creating the podcast, you know, all this creation that we're in, we're involved in. It's also we're also recreating our own lives and our spiritual selves, and those are also developing along the way. And we keep having learning opportunities that we just do not see coming at all. <laughs> yeah, it's like even though you know you're on the journey for growth and evolution, and you're and and we've invited, you know, we've invited expansive experiences by stepping fully into this world as our lives. And even then, yeah, it catches us off guard, which is so funny how that happens sometimes. But but it's also so beautiful because it is this just constant process, like you said, of, of transforming and evolving and saying yes to that and and ultimately remembering our place among the stars you know we we talk about that as the the mission and purpose of star family wisdom right to help uncover lost knowledge from the stars uncover information about our human story that's been missing you know from our modern history and that's essentially what our lives are becoming and and a, and a big piece of you know what happened with the, the regressions just continued uncovering of that lost information. Yeah, I mean, it, it really is something else 
So I don't think I'll ever uh, get used to the the validation and the support and, you know, the confirmation that we get that we are doing the right thing. Because, of course, every once in a while we say to ourselves or each other and or each other, are we crazy? Like, is this, <laughs> you know, I mean, we've just not really, you know, we know that we're quite sane, rational people, but just um, we're not living the conventional way. We've changed our lives so tremendously. And, you know, while it feels right, it also there are these moments where it kind of bumps up against the 3D or, you know, maybe the 3D parts of ourselves that we still haven't fully um, let go of. And what I mean by that is all the expectations that come along with the usual life, right? Like you should have accomplished this by that age. You should have these elements in your life in order to truly represent yourself as a happy together person, right? And you and I have just never uh, gone, gone along with those things yet. And this and all this other stuff that we're doing, meaning the intergalactic perspective and, you know, the ancient human knowledge and, and origins and all of this so-called unconventional information that we love and that we live within, it feels good, it feels familiar, it feels right. But, you know, we still spent a lot of our human lives in this other reality that doesn't accommodate all of that knowledge. And so I just feel sometimes like they just bump up against each other and it kind of makes me stop and go, okay, I need to just be aware of where I am right now and, you know, what brought me here and why I am here right now and what's motivating, what's motivating me and ask for help. Yeah. So going for regressions is a way of trying to get more clarity and trying to get more answers and, you know, uh, insight and tap into a subconscious part of our mind that remembers a lot more than yeah. we consciously do. So and I we, think start with George. I mean, I had my first regression with Geraldine Roscoe, um, but you had your first regression with a man that not many people know of. You right. Him. Can you tell that story again, actually? Let's just start at the beginning. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good kind of foundation for some of the information that came in the second regression. So that was in 2020, and that was in Texas when I was living in Austin, and my ET contact started in a more conscious way in 2019 by receiving <clears throat> telepathic messages <clears throat> that I couldn't really discern where they were coming from at the time. So just for context for the audience, for those who don't know my story, my awakening started pretty abruptly in 2017 after a major relationship ended. And that sent me into this dark night of the soul, this this phase of questioning life, this phase of, you know, asking, you know, why am I feeling such intense, deep emotions? When you ask those questions, the universe provides answers, right? And so all of a sudden the answers came flooding in and they started coming from sources that I, again, couldn't quite understand, you know, what they were. And so at the time I thought maybe these messages were coming from angels, guides, you know, I, I had progressed far enough in my spiritual awakening to be open to that, you know, to be open to the idea of spirits. And I was a questioning and curious person. I was fascinated by space. I thought it was absurd. We could possibly be alone. Right. But I was one of those people that was like, where's the evidence, right? I don't have the evidence. Where's the evidence? It hadn't been presented to me yet. So I'm getting, you know, these messages, I'm starting to have all of these strange synchronicities and these moments of emotional release when I was stumbling upon information related to UFOs or abduction cases. And I started to, you know, feel like 
I have some sort of connection here to ETs, I think, that has been suppressed in my mind because I knew enough about the science of the mind at the time to know that when those sorts of, you know, emotional triggers happen, sometimes that's coming from something that's suppressed, that's trying to get released. So that's what led me to that first regression was the series of, you know, the messages coming in, these big, heavy emotional releases, and then just a bunch of strange synchronicities related to the ET, you know, UFO phenomena. So, so in the first regression, it was with this man in Texas who was a, a quantum hypnosis healing technique practitioner. So of the Dolores Cannon lineage, um, which I had read a bit about. And in that first regression, I was nervous going into it. I was, I was kind of scared about what was going to be accessed, you know, because at the time I had really understood the phenomena and this, and understood abduction cases from the standpoint that they were scary and traumatic. And I, I hadn't gone so far into you know, my understanding of all of this to understand that those cases are always traumatic, right? And that sometimes there is just this beautiful support that we've learned about, you know, through our journeys. And so, so I went into it with a list of questions about some of those moments of emotional release. Uh, you can learn more about this too in our first episode where we talked about some of our ET contact. I think that was episode three. And, and so we go, I go into a little more detail on some of this there. And I had this list of questions. I wanted to see past lives. So the therapist guided me to past lives. And I saw two primary past lives on earth that were related to what I'm doing now. And I remember that. Yeah. So Egypt, I had the library of Alexandria life where I worked at the library of Alexandria as a messenger boy. I was employed, I think by one of the owners um, of the library or someone who was in a position of authority. And then the second life was uh, life in Greece running or helping to lead a mystery school. And I think that was in the Eleusinian uh, mystery school tradition. So, so we saw the past lives, we did that. And then the therapist did the typical uh, practice within QHHT, which is talking directly to the subject sub subconscious or higher self, which is a method of pulling out more detail, you know, getting clarity on things that maybe were seen in the past life, you know, scenes or in some sort of contact scenario. So, so in that regression, I didn't see you know, I didn't have visuals of any ET contact. Um, I don't think I was ready to see it back then, you know, because my awakening had progressed pretty quickly. <laughs> and so, so long story short, you know, I saw the past lives and then the therapist asked this series of questions, which helped clarify where those messages were coming from that I had been receiving. They were coming from ETs what some of these emotional releases were about and what some of these other strange synchronicities were about, nudges, you know, and ET contact. And the emotional release was my, you know, psyche, my subconscious starting to, to release, you know, this, this inner knowing that I'm connected with what's out there, you know, that this isn't just it for me. And so that had been blocked, you know, from my consciousness up until that point in my life. And, and so that's why the emotional release was so, you know, heavy. So we learned about all of that. And then at the very end of the regression, 
they started talking through me. So my answer switched from like my higher self talking about me as a person in this life to we have always been watching. We have always been supporting. We blah, blah, blah. And so then they started clarifying, you know, certain aspects of my experiences and giving essentially some guidance and direction on my mission in this life, which was ultimately to do this and to, to build star family wisdom and, and, you know, bring these, these messages and this wisdom to the world. So that was regression number one in a nutshell. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, you said that like several times when you had mentioned that story to me over the past year or so, you know, with that we've been getting to know each other. Um, you had said the same thing every time, which was that the regression, the regression therapist did not ask this one question because you had given him this list of questions to ask. Yeah. And he asked, you know, all the good ones, but did not ask this one specific question. And you felt like that was not an accident because it was related to you not yeah. being ready, right to to experience that. So I'll just quickly jump towards my first regression because we know it's a very short story. <laughs> um, you know, speaking of which, speaking of, you know, not being ready, and even though you feel like you're ready or yeah. not, you know, you're not the one who gets to control everything yes. that you experience, that there are these other beings that are looking out for us as well and participating in a revolution. And for you and I, in our case, in the case of many people around the world, we're receiving specific guidance from intergalactic beings. And, you know, we want to listen to that because it's enriching our lives and enriching our minds, enriching our souls in so many really significant ways. So I had my regression scheduled with um, Geraldine Roscoe. And what, what's interesting, I just want to mention this briefly, is that I had a few obstacles connecting with her. And then- Right, you know, yeah. It was just like a little bit like ships passing in the night. You know, she would send me a message and I just wouldn't see it until two days later. And I would respond to her and then she wouldn't be able to get back to me because she's very busy until a couple of days after that. So it was that kind of situation. And then um, and then we had one booked and we had it booked for 4 p.m. EST. But to her, it was two hours later. So there was still this sort of funny obstacle thing happening. And I had my session, she was absolutely lovely, and nothing happened. I could not go deeply enough under, I was fully relaxed, I was ready to go, it was my first regression ever. And you're a, you're a meditation practitioner as well, like you practice meditation, so it's not like you're a person too that has had no experience quieting the mind and that sort of thing, like you've been preparing, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I've spent a lot of time in contemplation, I've done like silent retreats, I spend time in the jungle in Peru and spend time in, you know, Japan and the mountains. Like I've had lots of me time, put it mildly, which was spent in contemplation and meditation. So yeah, I, I felt like I was really ready in terms of my familiarity with how to go into an, an altered state and be able to receive, you know, within that receptive altered state. Um, and I just couldn't get there. And so nothing happened. And, um, I came out of that feeling like, oh, okay, that was a little bit disappointing, but hmm, I wonder, you know, I wonder what that's about. I guess there must be a reason. And then uh, meanwhile, you and I knew each other. This wasn't even that long ago, maybe two months ago, I had this regression with her or attempted regression. And so then I knew I wanted to do a second one. So we interviewed Barbara, connected with her, both felt like we wanted to do our second one with her. And then we booked our regressions, you and I, for only a few days apart. Right. Days, two or three days apart. 
So you had yours first. And do you want to jump into that? Sure. Yeah. So, and I didn't share anything with Sinead in between the time I got my regression and the time she was going to get hers, just to be sure, right, that we weren't influencing each other in any way. I think that's important in all of this work, right, that, you know, a therapist can also leave someone in a way, right, where um, the information that maybe is getting um, shared is not fully their information, the client's information, right, or if you know, the day before your regression, I'm sharing all these details about mine that could potentially influence how it's going to go. So, you know, we wanted to be careful about that and how we were um, planning for the regressions. And I should also share before I go further with the second regression that, yes, that question that I had on the list in the first regression that didn't get answered at the time, I didn't think it was purposeful. At the time, I was like, oh, why did he forget that question? That was a big question. And, and I was, I was a little miffed about it. And, and I, it's taken this long, right. For me to realize based on the experience I had in the second regression, why it had to be in this time, this place with the person I had, Barbara, for it to be a safe healing experience, you know, cause this stuff's deep, you know, no matter like how much work we've done to prepare, like it is deep and emotional. And even when it's benevolent contact, we're still humans, right? Who are connected to this collective consciousness of denial of that being part of our reality. And so integrating that is big work and it's, it's hard. And so so yeah, I recognize I was so not ready back then for what I accessed in this regression. And and I also want to just acknowledge too for the audience, and Sinead will talk a little bit more about this, but Sinead's had some really advanced psychics deliver messages from ETs, from her star family directly to her in ways that are just incredible. And those messages have said, your experience of contact with us and like accessing the memories in a nutshell, I'm not saying it exactly the way, you know, they said it is, is supposed to be different than other people's. And it makes me wonder if that's why you just haven't accessed some of that information via regression yet, because you're supposed to be accessing it in different ways, which have been some really incredible ways I haven't experienced. So you'll talk more about that and those incredible <laughs> contact experiences you've had, because Sinead has actually had more conscious contact than I have. So while I'm going through this process of uncovering suppressed memories of contact, Sinead has actually had conscious, like visible contact with ETs that I haven't. So it is really interesting how like we're both having really significant experiences related to contact. It's just the information about it and how it's occurring and what's suppressed and what's not is a little different for both of us, which is kind of cool. Yes. Like I feel like this is actually a really good time to mention, um, you know, one of my favorite things about your experience, which is how they come through you directly in connection with the work you're doing for Star Family Wisdom. Yeah. Like that is how, you know, I may have more, more visual or more conscious contact, but you have more of that channeling experience yeah. where they're working through you to help you create Star Family Wisdom. And the feeling that you have when that occurs and when they're just information like content courses books whatever it is that you're making at the time it's just flowing out of you you know the phrases are just right there it all comes out almost like it's whole you know like it's just 
coming through an elevator <laughs> yes. or you know that's kind yeah. of what it, I, that's the image that I always get yeah. when you talk about that it's like yeah it's coming through <laughs> an elevator shaft like from way up there in the universe you know down into your consciousness yeah and then out through the elevator doors of your hands and like yeah. into the computer and onto the screen and yeah. for me, that same feeling occurs in a different context, like not exactly the same feeling, but the feeling of having, uh, I've described it to you as a kind of tube of direct contact, where I just know they're there. I just feel them. I, I feel their presence distinctly. I have the experience of having like a back and forth conversation with them. And there's this particular energy that occurs. And then I experience growth in some way or another, like I experience a realization or I experience a greater insight about something that, you know, my mind is just awoken in those moments. And so is my heart consciousness. So it's, it's really interesting how, um, as you're kind of alluding to, you know, we have direct contact and we relate so much to each other. And this is why we're working together, right? Because we've had this contact yet it's manifesting in ways that are right for us yeah. and feel matched to, how we're able to digest the information yeah. and, you know, know how to, what to do with it. Like you're a very kinesthetic action oriented, amazingly efficient and productive person. I'm more, I don't know. I want to go sit in the woods with the birds and like, you know, um, stuff comes to me in that kind of mode. We, we operate differently, but we have so much in common and yeah. a lot of people who are also experiencers. I, I hope relate to a lot of what we say as well, because this is a shared experience that people do need to know more about. And regression regressionists are pretty much everywhere. You'd have to be very careful with, you know, doing your homework and finding somebody who's right yes. for you. And of course, Barbara Lamb is just legendary. We were yes. so lucky to have her. Highly, highly, highly recommend her. Yes. And I think, yeah, this is a great message for anyone having any sort of extraordinary experience. You know, they're not cookie cutter. While there are similarities between a lot of them, and we have tons of case studies to help us understand them better, yeah, they are going to happen based on what's right for the evolution of the being that you are. And, and, and yeah, like you have these just gorgeous channeling moments, you know, with guardians of the land and ancestors when you're in nature. And, and like you said, I have these, these incredible channeling moments when I'm in this ability to flow information out of me and onto the page. And so it's just so fascinating how it, how it happens differently for people. And I should say too, before getting into the second regression, after the first one, while I didn't have an experience in that regression where I saw the ETs, you know, I learned about them and my connection with them and they talked through me. Then after that, in meditations and as I started doing deeper shamanic work and getting initiated into that um, lineage of you know energy medicine and spirituality, I started having more spontaneous like visions and even past life memories pop in from time to time where I would see, I saw myself as a mantis being in one of those. I saw myself as a feline type being in one of those. So, so it is like that regression episode then allowed this unlocking, you know, of more information to flow in, in the last couple of years. So, so I've been piecing together, you know, some more information about, who I may have been, who I may have been connected with and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and, and that's really filled out that, that storyline, I guess, of my soul has filled out a lot in the last two years. 
but there's still been some big missing pieces of the puzzle. And one of them was that question I had in the first regression, which was about a childhood um, scenario. So I had had a recurring dream as a child between the ages of four and five, and it had happened over and over. And I don't even know how many times I can't really pinpoint that. I don't really remember, but just enough that it was, um, it was just over and over, you know, for a couple of years and it was scary. It was a scary dream and I would wake up startled and it was prominent enough to have stuck with me all this time. And in that dream, I was dreaming of this flower, this red rose, and it was like in space, it was surrounded by darkness. And as the dream progressed, this darkness was like closing in on the red rose. And as the darkness got closer and closer and closer to closing in on the red rose, then I would wake up. And I would wake up in this state of feeling like I had a nightmare. So that was one of the questions I had in that first regression that never got answered. And I had it on the list because I had started to learn a little bit through some of this, you know, research around abductions that recurring dreams might be some sort of indication that there's something else under the surface, you know, to be discovered. So I just didn't know. And I was curious about that. And so that was the big thing that we explored in the second regression. So Barbara regressed me back to that event as a child. So the night I had the very first dream and she was great at getting me into, you know, such a deep state where I was able to start to like re-experience it, like from the standpoint of my child consciousness. And that was wild. Like just being in, like it literally was like, I was reliving it from the standpoint of a child, because even the words that I was using in that part of the regression were really childlike <laughs> in terms of how I was describing it, in terms of like the fear that I was describing that I was having, um, like the word mommy, you know, was coming out of my mouth, like that sort of stuff was happening. And uh, long story short, you know, that dream was not a dream. <laughs> And, and it was a screen memory for contact that had been happening since I was a, a child. And the, in the regression, she guided me to, um, you know, where I was when that dream was occurring. And I talked about not being, I'm in a room, but I'm not in my room. And I'm, I'm somewhere I'm not supposed to be. And I don't know where I am. And so, so that was kind of how it began. And as she's guiding me with questions to help me describe what's happening, then more detail starts to come in. Like I'm kind of seeing, you know, the scene and I'm on a table and it's kind of hard and flat, maybe metallic. And there's a being on my left and three beings on my right. The being on my left is a tall, like what we ended up learning a mantis-like being. And then the ones on my left appeared to be what we see as like the gray type beings. Pretty typical. Just for the audience who are who are uh, widely thought of as being the ones who so-called abduct people. Right. But we, we've learned that there's many, many, many different kinds of grays. And one of them are these very small biological, yep. uh, bi what do you call them? Kind of like... Um, the word I'm looking for, like data from Star Trek androids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
right? Right. Who who are there? They're designed for the purpose of being assistants right. to these processes. So they don't really have emotions, and that's what kind of freaks people out. Um, so these little beings are beside you at the time. I just wanted to illustrate that. Thank you. Audience. Yeah, yeah. And and as Barbara's asking me about these beings, again from the standpoint of a child, I'm I'm articulating that they're they're staring at me they're like looking at parts of me which felt uncomfortable you know so I'm, I'm i'm you know getting in this part of the regression visibly kind of you know upset and scared you know um she's asking me what they're doing the ones on the right the small ones the grays were putting something in my arm and uh taking out something. So putting something in and taking something out is how I was describing it. And she was asking me, um, you know, more about the beings. And I started to be able to articulate that I had a familiarity with the one on the left. Like I knew that one somehow, but I didn't know the others. Like I didn't, I'm not, I, I had no kind of relation to them. And so what starts coming out is that I'm, I'm one of the one on the left. Like I have this familiarity with them because I'm one of them. And, and so, so she starts asking more questions. And so it's like, so it's like my childlike consciousness is starting to break through some of the fear, you know, and some of the anxiety that was there to then access more detail about what's really going on. And, and so, so once we got kind of got done with that portion of the regression, you know, she asks, Go ahead. Hang on a second. We're talking. Remember the part where you said that the one on your left that you felt familiar with was touching your arm. Oh yes. Talk about that because that was an interesting. First, you were just like, "What is this thing?" Doing? <laughs> it's and touching you, me. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it felt like. That's kind of how I was articulating it in the regression. It's like it's touching me, and like it's not supposed to touch me. And um, and I described it having very long bony fingers. And Barbara asked, "Is it stroking you? Like, what's it doing?" And I was able to articulate it's it's just holding my arm and what ended up coming out is that there was this attempt to comfort me so so this was a being that I had known from somewhere else we'll get to that part of the regression that comes next and so what was happening is this being was attempting to kind of console me and comfort me in this moment but of course as like the human you know I'm like, this isn't right. What's happening here? But my, but as my awareness expanded in the regression, I was able to make that connection and know that that being was just trying to help me know it's okay. And Barbara asked, was there vocal, you know, kind of communication or was this just a, a knowing you had? And I said, it was, is both like, there seems to be some sort of um, communication or attempt to communicate that everything's okay, but we're not talking. Right. Okay. And was there telepathic communication? I can't remember. Yeah. That. Yeah. Like okay. that's kind of what the, the being was kind of telepathically trying to um, get across that everything's okay. You're safe. This is okay. supposed to be happening. You know, you're, you're in a safe environment type of thing. So, but of course my initial reaction as the child is this isn't right, but but then I'm able to articulate, okay, I do feel like everything's okay. She asked if what was happening with my arm was painful. And I said, no, like I, I, I'm seeing it happen, but there's no pain involved. So they had done something to eliminate pain in what was happening. And you know what's wild? I just recorded the episode about 
The Custodians, Dolores Cannon's book, The Custodians. And in going through that book, I found a case study where a woman had had ET contact for the first time at the age of nine. And she described the very same thing that was happening with my arm, but she described it as a type of inoculation. And she was able to describe that what they were doing was putting some sort of substance in the body. So some sort of, you know, minor modification to the body that would heighten <clears throat> the extrasensory perception of the human. Interesting. Interesting. Which when I read that, I thought, well, gosh, that kind of makes sense that maybe that's what was happening to me because we know that as my life has progressed, my extrasensory perception has heightened more and more. And it was a little more subtle in my, the earlier part of my life, but it was there. So I've always had it, you know, so I don't know, maybe that's what was going on there. Yeah, and at some point, I mean, you, you've mentioned before, I don't know if this was relate, related directly to your session with Bar Barbara, but you said that they had told you at some point that they did come to check on you. I think it was during yeah. the first question that they would come and just check on the body and yeah. just make sure the body was okay, meaning your body. And uh, I wonder if that was also part of it, you know, just kind of maintenance and just making yeah. sure that you're growing properly. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to get this disease or that disease. Yeah. It's just so you can come into where you are now and fulfill this role in your life. So that's what ended up coming out as the regression continued. And as Barbara, she didn't, you know, ask all of the questions about what was happening in that childhood, or that, you know, child um, contact scenario when I was in the consciousness of the child. But later in the regression, she asked more questions about that to try to get more information. And um, what ended up happening when I said I had familiarity with the one on the left, the mantis, she then regressed me to a time where I knew that being. And that was fascinating because then all of a sudden I'm on this ship, I'm in this room, and I see this sort of holographic kind of screen in front of me, and I'm with this other being. It's just the two of us. We're sitting, looking at the screen, and we're having a discussion. We're having a discussion about me coming to Earth, and we're looking at this lifetime and what would be completed in this lifetime. So very similar to some of the cases you hear about when people go back to the spirit realm, and they're doing kind of life review and picking out, you know, lives they can go to. But in this scenario, I was talking about how there was a decision to be made about how my group would be helping earth and who would be going. And so that's what this discussion was about. There was a decision to be made, right? Like we were, we were signing up, you know, to go help earth in some way, shape or form. And we were in the midst of figuring out the fact that I would be the one to go from my group. Um, it would be me and two other souls. And then we were looking at the life. We were looking at my parents. We were looking at, you know, the parts of my mission. So there was articulation about that, that there would be a very specific part one and a very specific part two. <laughs> and how, like, I wouldn't meet other people, you know, who were part of the same mission until later, until part two, um, for the most part. And and so it was in, I think, in that discussion that we were talking about the agreement with the body of the little girl. And this was so wild because I'm talking about myself as the little girl and I'm talking about the human. Like, that's how it's coming out. Like, the human, the girl, you know, it's, it's just so interesting from this whole different, you know, standpoint. And so we're talking about the girl, me, in this life, and there being an agreement 
to support modifications with the body and this agreement to have, you know, ongoing contact and check-ins, you know, to make sure that, like you said, the evolution was happening appropriately. <laughs> and, and so, so yeah, I think while I don't have full conscious awareness or a memory of every single contact that has occurred in this life, from what I've gathered so far from these regressions, it appears as though some of it has been where I've gone somewhere, you know, to a ship to like have these things administered, but then some of it's them just coming and checking. Cause in this regression, Barbara also took me to a time here in Sedona where I had woken up and in that kind of in-between state, when you're still a little sleepy, I saw two mantis faces in my mind's eye, right? As I was waking up and that morning I thought, oh my goodness, am I did I have some contact and, and some memories coming through? Like I, like I'm finally at a point where I'm able to have a little conscious awareness of it. And so, so Barbara took me to that night and sure enough, there were, there were two mantis in my room for anyone out there who's like, what are they talking about? I know it sounds wild. <laughs> I still feel that way. I still feel that way. And it's like, I've had so many experiences and these sorts of, you know, scenarios like the regressions to help validate this. And still I have moments of being like, what is going on here? Um, but yeah, there were two in my room, one on my left, one at the foot of the bed, and they were just checking in. There was nothing else really happening. It was just kind of a check-in. They were scanning my body with something, some sort of light beam device thing. And it was just a checkup. At Star Family Wisdom, we're experiencers of ET contact. That's right, we're in communication with ET beings we know as our star family. We've had lives in advanced civilizations, and we're here to be a bridge between the galactic community and you. And the galactic community can't wait to meet you. That's why we created the Meet the Star Races course. In this course, I teach you about the star races who are in contact with Earth right now. How do I know who the star races are? Well, my star family guided me to the information they want you to have. Just like all of the other information here at Star Family Wisdom, we bring you the wisdom and guidance that our ET friends want you to know. You'll learn about our true ancient history, why the ETs have been here on Earth, and what we can learn from our ET brothers and sisters. The star races are part of our history and they're part of our future. Join the galactic community today with our Meet the Star Races course and use the code GALACTIC at checkout to get 50% off. So. <laughs> yeah, so just nice, nice and light and friendly kind of thing. I mean, a lot of people, um, I know it's very difficult and you and I've talked about this in previous episodes. It's difficult for some people to hear about our experiences or the experiences of people who have had really positive contact because there are people who have been really traumatized and terrified by their contact and don't know how to make sense of it. So that's one of the reasons that you and I do this, right, is to spread the word about the fact that there it's not all that um, that popular for lack of a better word media uh representation you know the most widespread representation 
is not necessarily the most accurate one. And also that our fear often prevents us from seeing yes. what's really going on. Yes. So, you know, as Ray Hernandez and um, Edgar Mitchell, who we both admire very much, you know, they started the free, the free society, sorry, not the free society, the free foundation. The I think. Free foundation. Thank you. The yeah. free foundation, along with a number of other brilliant people yeah. and, um, Edgar Mitchell has long since passed away, but Ray Hernandez is still around and still still advertising this incredible book that they created that has just thousands of uh, of points of data that basically say, you know, this is very simplified, a very simplified summary, but essentially that most people who have a terrifying experience upon further reflection and upon learning more about about ETs and about what's going on with the abduction phenomenon and speaking to people who are experts in the field, who are well-educated, you know, quite normal, sane, balanced people, um, that then their perception changes and they realize that those beings were trying to help them or uh, they had kept them from harm or they had given them some kind of upgrade or experience that would change their lives for the better in some way. It's just that because of the optics of the ETs or the just stark, uh, um, you know, abstract kind of experience of what is going on. It feels so completely out of the ordinary. Yeah. And, you know, both visually, tactile, in every possible holistic way for that person. It's just really overwhelming. Yeah. And initially, initially it is traumatic. You know, yeah. even I should share, you know, with the audience that even in this part of the regression, when I was back in that childlike state of consciousness, the initial reactions I was having were like from this place of trauma. Like I was bawling, you know, during that part of the regression, like as, as it was getting unlocked, as those memories were getting accessed, it was freaking traumatic at first. And it was, and I was feeling all the stuff I was feeling as a child that was kind of suppressed. And and, and I have to give Barbara tons of credit for how she was able to just navigate me very gently through the whole scenario to bring myself to a state of awareness where I could make the connections that nothing bad was happening. One of them is trying to console me and help me. There's no pain. You know, like there was, there was this ability of, uh, you know, because of her expertise to be able to lead, you know, I don't say lead in a way where she was leading me on, right. To like say certain things, but like guiding me through the right line of questioning that would then just naturally help my consciousness shift from a place of this is traumatic to, ah, I'm seeing this from a different perspective now. And that happened during the regression. So I think, you know, with a, a really seasoned therapist, someone who is really experienced in this sort of work, that's, it should be a healing experience, right? And it should, there should be this bridge from, accessing the trauma, accessing whatever wild thing happened, no matter how traumatic to then bridging to a place of, I can see a bigger picture here, or I'm at least starting to release, you know, some of that, yeah. that pent up emotion. Yeah. It's funny how you say the bigger picture, you know, I, this is not quite what you were just talking about, but it reminds me of how we have said that we found comfort in zooming out, you know, when we feel like we're uh, maybe stressed or anxious or concerned about an issue, if whether it's personal or not, 
um, if you zoom out your mindset, you zoom out your perspective, it brings relief. It allows for so much more space for other possibilities and options and perspectives to come in. And so I feel like that's what Barbara, you know, one of yeah. the many things that she provides and what a lot of people who have had initially really scary experiences and then healed from them, that's been part of their process of healing. Right. It's zooming out, seeing the whole picture, not being completely inside their terror or their you know their past experience but seeing it from an objective viewpoint and barbara is so helpful most regression qhht regressions therapists from what i from what i understand emphasize that the seeing the objective yes. uh, seeing it from the objective viewpoint is a really crucial part of yeah. recovering from yeah. the trauma because then you're not so inside it that you're just yes in the emotion you know you can involve logic you can involve thought and reflection and current knowledge yeah. that can help the past experience come to yes. a sort of a more integrated holistic state within yourself yeah, yeah. well and it also well it also seems like the contact scenarios which i'm not calling abductions you know i don't consider this an abduction because i i do have that zoomed out perspective about what my soul chose and why i'm here on earth and and why this event you know why these series of events in my childhood were necessary for what would be happening later in life like i've been able to connect all those dots in a way where it doesn't feel like that to me and and i think my contact is an example of the evolution of contact that's been occurring because I do think early on when people were first having these contact experiences abductions they were happening in a less ideal way and there wasn't a lot of time for people to even evolve their consciousness to a point where when that happened or when they accessed you know those memories that it, it could be, you know, integrated in a healthy way. Like we know that, you know, the grays lack emotional intelligence in a lot of ways. And, and when this program, for lack of a better term, you know, first started in this last century on earth, the modern version of the program first started in the last century, it, you know, it was done in a little bit of a rough way with people. And that is partially, I think, due to the lack of emotional intelligence on the part of the grays. And while at a soul level, there were soul contracts, right, to come into this life and do this. And it was purposeful for the greater evolution of humanity and us awakening to, you know, our place in the universe and all that you know, humans didn't remember those soul contracts, right? So it created a ton of trauma and the greys were like, well, what are we doing wrong? We're just fulfilling the soul contract, right? And so they needed coaching and guidance and they needed, you know, some of these other races, like, you know, what we're start, what we've seen in a lot of cases where there's other races present, right? It's not just the greys. And so, so there's, I think, an evolution of it over time where, Definitely, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, even if you look at the Betty and Barney Hill abduction, which is yeah. really, really famous, um, you know, that that's an incredible abduction story. It's so detailed. There's so much fact. There's so much verification. There are like police officers who witnessed yes. the UFO, you know, um, and they talked about how what it was like for them. And of course, at the time, not only were the greys doing what they were doing at that particular time, you know, in the 50s, 60s, there was a particular kind of pattern to a lot of abductions. And then it started slightly changing in the 70s, and it has evolved over time. So have the appearance of UFOs, which is also really fascinating. But that's another kind of parallel topic. 
but yeah, just that they were terrified, but also that, you know, the hills, I mean, but also that people at the time, the experts at the time, the psychologists, the, you know, authority figures, they were not able to help them either because they didn't have enough information about what was going on. And now we know for a fact that governments all over the world, because they have said so themselves, have been researching UFOs, have yep. been researching abductions and extraterrestrial contact with humans for many, many, many decades. And so the human perspective has also come into play in terms of that relationship, you know, yep. working in partnership with them, knowing that they're coming here because governments yep. know that they know they're coming. Yeah, and there's the governments. Treaties, right, there have been treaties drawn up and agreements made and they have to have their papers before they come into our airspace. There's all kinds of stuff going on that we don't know about yet. <laughs> yeah, we don't know anything here. Don't don't keep tuning in. Don't keep tuning in for more info. <laughs> well, well we, we know from our favorite uh German tactical advisor, Tim, who's working with the governments in Europe, uh, he's talked about how the governments finally did give advice or guidance or direction, you know, to some of the ETs who had been approved to do this ET contact and in some cases hybridization program, even though that was approved on a larger scale for various reasons. We're not, you know, going to go down the rabbit hole on today. He talked about how the governments finally did say you can't traumatize people like you do have to do it differently like you do have to attempt to you know bring people along in a different way and I think you know this is our our examples our way our I think examples of that evolution and mine would have started at the end of the 80s right I was born at the end of the 80s you were born a little before me and so so you know we're in that latter part of some of the you know the contact that had evolved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the more, yeah, we're, we're definitely, you know, very, I think, lucky that way. I don't like the word luck because it, it, it suggests that there's just wild chance when, sure. you, know, this is a, you know, this is an agreement, this is the contract that we made to do this. But um, I do feel very, very grateful for the fact that, you know, I, as far as I know, my consciousness right now thinks that it's alive in this time. And so, you know, I'm just happy to be alive in this era when we are getting this information. Yeah. We are getting so much more um, wisdom and knowledge. And we're standing on the shoulders of some incredibly many brave, brave, brave people, you know, who really experience widespread ridicule and you know mm -hmm. lost their careers and sometimes even their lives i mean it, it it gets pretty it's a pretty crazy overall situation it's fascinating it is enlightening it's you know inspirational it is um convoluted and complicated you know we're not talking about the whole big story of ets right now but our our from our own experience, uh, you know, you and I, Jenna, in terms of our regressions, our ET contact, our spiritual development, is under the umbrella of all of yeah. this context. And this context does not just exist, you know, since the 80s or the late 70s when I was born. It's been going on for hundreds of thousands of years. And, you know, we're, that's finally coming to the fore. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I once again just feel so grateful, you know, to be here doing this with you. And actually, I'll jump into my second regression. Because yes, yes, please. So in, in conjunction with what we're saying, um, you know, I, I didn't, I had absolutely nothing happen in my regression with Barbara either, but I don't feel disappointed by that because, it was all meant to be. And as you said earlier, Barbara has this wonderful, gentle, skillful, very skillful um, 
I should just say mastery of how to guide people through these sessions. And so even though I couldn't go under, same thing as what happened with Geraldine, I just could not get there. And I was even saying to Barbara, hey, Barbara, you know, I'm not deeply enough in trance. Can we, can you just take me through that whole walking down the stairs visualization again and help me, hopefully I can go more deeply in, you know, if we do it a second time. She walked me through it a second time. I still couldn't really go under. I just couldn't. And I was feeling totally relaxed. My body was relaxed. My mind was relaxed. I was not nervous. I felt in excellent hands with Barbara. And so then the session became, why wasn't I going under? And what was happening there? Because Barbara was saying to me, I can see that you're very willing and able and you're open and you've been excited and ready, you know, for weeks. So let's talk about this. And so she helped me go back to my very first conscious uh, meeting with the ETs, which was in Peru in 2017, when I met a whole big bunch of them that were all um, sta not standing, they were in the form of twirling, jumping, sparkling, moving, undulating, light beings, light bodies, and they were in front of their UFO, they let me come in very briefly into the UFO, and then I was back outside again, and they were incredibly enthusiastically inviting me with so much joy it was an amazing experience um inviting me to go up with them and saying okay we're gonna take you up now and they kept saying this over and over again now gotta go now gotta go now but i was having i uh, this is you know within um an ayahuasca ceremony which i needed in order to break through to be able to see them and for them to be able to let me know that they were there that was a really pivotal experience and uh, so, but because of it, ayahuasca is quite hard on your body. And so my stomach was really upset and I was feeling very distracted by my physical body, even though I was in this other dimension with them, I kept getting sort of pulled back into my physical realm a bit and couldn't really go, you know, go up with them upon their invitation. So they told me, don't worry, this is your invitation. Basically, we'll be back, you know, so I knew that I would somehow somewhere see them again. But um, but I couldn't go with them. I couldn't go up to space. I couldn't get in the UFO. And I that felt a little bit unfinished to me. And so what was happening during my session with Barbara was that even though my whole body was totally relaxed and I was willing and you know ready and all of that, my stomach was bubbling and my stomach was talking and it was active during that session. And so I hadn't really been paying attention to that. And she helped me realize that that connected me back to that experience. And I realized that I had had this little bit of a fear of, not fear, it was more like just apprehension, I guess, more than fear about what could what could happen if I fully let go. It was like my stomach didn't quite know that it was ready for that, right? So we talked through that a little bit, but then, but then what ended up happening was... Um, I'm pretty sure I had a contact experience because it was either that day or the next day. Do you remember Jenna? My son yeah. Was it the next day that I had that weird day where I was just gone for the whole day? Do it was, remember? yeah, I think it might've been like two days later, but okay. yeah, you, yeah, there was, yeah, you ended up with a very big episode. <laughs> I certainly did. I disappeared for a whole day and you were so worried and you were trying to track me down. Yeah, I couldn't get a hold of Sinead. Like, you know, we're in contact every day, you know, for the business and she had missed a meeting and like was not replying to any of my texts. And I'm like, oh my 
gosh, like what's happening to her? You know, this is so unlike her, you know, Sinead's like so responsible and communicative and thorough in that way. Like, this is so not right. Something's not right. Something's going on and something was going on. (laughs) Was going on. I mean, I was basically unconscious. You know, I remember getting up that morning and I told you I had a memory of going and making myself tea or coffee or something. And I was sitting on this couch holding my mug and thinking to my, and drinking hot, liquid which I'm pretty sure it was coffee and thinking oh my god I'm having a really hard time waking up I feel so groggy you know and then I didn't remember anything else after that except that at some point I woke up on the floor of my living room with no clothes on (laughs) and then hours later and then I don't remember getting up from the floor I don't remember lying down on the floor and then hours later I wake up again and I'm in my bed with my clothes back on for what I remember and then I you know I was just completely not here. I was just completely unconscious off somewhere else and quite sure that I'd had some kind of visitation. Plus I got a message from Jenny, the psychic who you and I interviewed. Um, She sent me another message from the ETs that was directly related to my experience with Barbara. And this is the message where she said, don't worry, basically don't worry. You're trying too hard to do things the usual way. And you just need to realize that you're going to have contact differently and that you don't need to have, you know, regressions or it's not the right time or something like that. I just could not believe it. It was just an <laughs> idea. I mean, as always, you know, whenever yeah. she sent me these messages, she had no idea of what I had just experienced. She had no, no idea. I just had a regression with Barbara and she sent me exactly the right message telling me don't you worry, we've got you, we're with you, you know, this is what's happening, we're looking forward to more communication, keep doing your practice, right, so. Isn't yeah. this the message where they said something about August 8th? Yes, yes. The eight portal? Yes, thank you, thank you, I forgot about that. They did say, um, make sure, basically they said, make sure you make use of 8-8, um, don't pay too much attention to the whole the whole portal thing. Like they were, they were saying, don't think too much about it and don't believe everything about the 8-8 portal, but it is an important time and you need to utilize that time for yourself. So I just went, oh, okay. And then I just completely forgot about that. And like, something about this astrology, like something about paying attention to like the positioning of the stars at that time or something, right? Yes. That was part of that yeah, it was. And I, you were encouraging me to follow up on that. And I did not do the greatest job of, of following up on that. Well, me too. well, but then fast forward to 8 8 and what's happening. You're out looking at the stars. And <laughs> so on Sunday, the 7th of August, um, I was having a bit of a rough day. You know, every once in a while, this does just, you know, life just feels like a lot. Like I, every once in a while, I'm, I'm, just aware of the fact that you know being here on this earth at this time and in a human body is just kind of tough at times and you just feel it every once in a while you know so I was having kind of a rough day and I was really missing them you know I felt like I hadn't had enough contact with them recently um even though this abduction or whatever it was experience that happened where I'd woken up on the living room floor I didn't know what had occurred I was not consciously aware of what had occurred and um I had had a lot more contact with them, I think, in the months previously or last year, and I was just kind of missing it. So I was sitting outside, it was at night, so very quiet, you know, the whole city is asleep. I live in Toronto, Canada, so sitting out on my balcony, it's about, you know, 11, 1130 at night, and I'm just 
thinking to myself and I'm just contemplating everything and kind of doing a, a spiritual practice where I'm reflecting and I'm being aware of my energy and like checking in with myself and giving myself a little talking to, you know, but then I, I realize that I'm trying to figure everything out on my own, quote unquote, which is something I do a lot. And so I realized, hang on a second, I've got to ask for some help. So I just said, to, I just started talking to them and I just said, I really, really miss you. And then I ended up just being full of emotion and said, you know, it, it became really a prayer. And I said, I really miss you. I, I really, really need you in my life. I really, really need to um, spend more time with you, have more contact with you. I need your support. I need your encouragement. I need your guidance. I miss you. I want to see you, you know, and so I was just pouring out my wish for greater contact with them and for more um, symbiosis with them, really, you know, like just wanting to have a, a more conducive and consistent experience of having them in my life and I want to see them I want to meet them I want to be with them right so I was really expressing this not thinking at all about the date like not thinking I still have a bit of pandemic brain right I still have to like regularly look at my phone and be oh right it's Wednesday oh yeah it's the 12th okay. <laughs> yeah it's not Monday it's 5 p.m it's not 2 p.m you know what I mean yeah post-pandemic so, life <laughs> yeah right <laughs> So I was out there just not thinking at all about the date, not thinking about Lionsgate, as I've said, completely out of my head. And that message I got from Jenny and the experience I'd had with Barbara was at least two weeks before. Right. So, um, so I'm just sitting out there and I look up at the sky in the midst of this emotion and, you know, feeling the connection with them and I'm feeling that they're there and they're responding. So I look at the sky to my right and in this in the clouds i've often gotten very clear messaging in clouds in the clouds was the face the huge face of a gray and i've seen this a few times before in conjunction with experiences um but this was definitely the most detailed face and so i just watched it and watched it and watched it and it was just staying there in the clouds i mean clouds move this cloud uh -huh. <laughs> so it just stayed there and stayed there and stayed there and i was watching it and watching it and it was slowly becoming more and more um detailed so i was seeing bone structure around the eyes and under the eyes and you know the, the, the whole bone structure of the face and the mouth and nose just detail so i'm looking at it and looking at it and i knew that i was i had looked at it for for at least a few minutes because at one point my neck starts getting a little sore on this side and so at that point i said okay i i think i've seen what i need to see thank you so much right but the gaze of the face was not looking straight at me. It was looking a little bit past me, sort of westward. And so to give my neck a break, and out of curiosity, I decided to follow the line of sight of the face. So I turned and I looked to the right. And when I look up to the right, a very, very, very bright, so bright, brighter than a star, brighter than an airplane uh, object, just whizzes incredibly fast across the sky. And it was not a comet. And the way that I know this was because it abruptly changed direction and went suddenly up at a backwards at a 45 degree angle and then disappeared. Yeah, so comets don't stop and back up. <laughs> they do not. Comets, comets do not go in reverse. Airplanes do not go in reverse. Uh -huh. And I mean, nothing moves that fast uh -huh. and then reverses at a 45 degree angle and is that bright. It was just so obviously a UFO. Amazing. So things happen I know and both of these things happened right around midnight it was like right around the cusp of 8-8 and I know that because when I went inside a little bit later 
maybe 15, 20 minutes later, I guess, after laughing and saying thank you a whole bunch of times, I came inside to document it and it was 1223 and it wasn't even really 1230. So, uh, or 1233 or 1232 or something. So like right around 1230. So that was just so cool. You know, and I thought back to Jenny's message and felt their encouragement and felt their support and you know, the fact that they're able to come through in all these various ways for me. Um, it did not disappoint me that I didn't, didn't have anything happen during the regression. <laughs> really the regression spearheaded this whole other it did experience. yeah yeah it's like they all keep building you know it's like no matter what the experience is it just like keeps building to the next thing that happens that then tells us it's all real and they're there and they're responding and I think it's so incredible that <laughs> you had that moment of I'm going to just see where that face is looking like. It's like it was a clue. They were like giving you clues. And it's so interesting to me too, how that seems to happen. Like there's this aspect of, you know, we're on this journey having to connect all the dots ourselves, right? Like no one's going to come in and just say, okay, here's everything you need to know. And we're going to explain every little bit of detail to you. There is like this, like, it's almost like it's been gamified, <laughs> you know, like where it's like, you have to like unlock this clue to then get this clue and to then get this, you know, upgrade and this gift and like, you know, <laughs> then to reach the next level. Like there is this aspect of it that seems kind of like that, you know? I like that. I like that a lot. It's sort of like choose your own adventure yeah. or, or something. The well, person who I really love that is Rizwan Burke, who is all about, um, you know, are we living in a simulation? We might interview him at some yeah. point. People, um, William Henry as well, who are talking about it kind of like that. Yeah. It is a game, and we do yeah. sort of buttons to have one door open. Yeah. And I think that is the nature of consciousness. I think it is as, and I, I believe it's related to how things shift in our field and how our field then interacts with the universal field differently, right? To access different information and to have different aspects or maybe even different timelines, you know, turned on or to have you shift into a different, um, you know, version of your reality as certain things happen in your life or as you transform and evolve. And one example that I didn't share of that actually related to the regression is the day after the regression, a big synchronistic event that was kind of like a clue connected to the regression that was related to the dream. So the dream was a recurring dream of a red rose in space, right? Mm -hmm. Well, then the <laughs> well, I was I was boggled like my mind was boggled afterwards because then the next day like I was still in this very contacty state we don't really have a term for it but that's what Sinead and I have used when we know we're in this we've had some sort of contact occur but we're in this altered state like there is this like energetic shifting that's occurring and then so we, we don't feel like fully in our bodies fully focused and here, you know, and that was happening for me for a couple days after my regression. Like it was pretty intense and, and I was in a really deep altered state for a lot of it. They talked through me again. And so there, so I think it was related to that too. You know, I was just so deep that it allowed for like heavier shifting to happen. And so the next day I'm in that state doing 
some writing and journaling about all that. And at some point I decide I just need to get my brain away from this and focus on something else. And so I go listen to a podcast episode and it happened to be one where Robert Edward Grant was getting interviewed and he starts talking about synchronicities and unlocking, you know, consciousness clues. And he starts talking about the Aldebaran star. Now, Right before my first regression, I had gotten an astrology, a galactic astrology reading from a person who can help pinpoint where your soul has been most connected in this galaxy. Like what, if, if you're a soul who has spent time out there in other civilizations, which stars might you have spent most time with or around? So the two stars that came up were Aldebaran and the Regal star systems. So great. You know, I just kind of put that to the side for a while. Right. And I've, I've thought, okay, I have some connection there, but haven't really fully explored that much. And so then this day after my second regression, I'm listening to Robert Edward Grant. He starts talking about the Aldebaran star being a red giant star and that it's nicknamed a rose star. So red rose star and the screen memory in my, you know, childhood ET contact event was a red rose. And that's directly connecting with the information I got in the galactic astrology reading. So it seems to be pointing to these beings I'm connected with being from the Aldebaran star system, perhaps. You also got other validations, like red roses had popped up for you, I think. Tons. But that was the most startling one for yeah. sure. Like, yeah. That's just too coincidental. You know, we yeah. know that people like the crumbs in the woods that we have to follow right yeah. on the pathway. Yeah. To, to get to where we want to go. And it's, it's yeah. it really like a game or like a choose your own adventure or a puzzle that we get to put together or a crossword that we get to do. You know, it has that kind of the sense of mystery, but not being totally clueless. We have tools and skills and um, you know, resources within ourselves, our own intelligence, our own curiosity, our own willingness to explore. And it all comes together to help us have these experiences. It's just yeah. so cool to get to play with and talk about. Even though it's exhausting and kind of discombobulating sometimes, every single time we have something like this happen, we come out the other side and we feel that we have grown. We feel yeah. that we have, you know, become more free in who we are, more connected to our purpose, more understanding of what's going on and I love that I love that it's all me worth too. it yeah me too well and I think you know it's such a such a good reminder for us all that when we have these hidden parts you know of ourselves right when there's a part of ourselves that we haven't fully brought into our conscious awareness you know that that prevents us, you know, from, from, from just accessing the, the fullness of life. And it prevents us from, from really living into our highest purpose. And so, so we talked to you at the beginning about how, you know, we invite, you know, this sort of expansion, even when it's a little hard, even when it's challenging um, to the current environment we live in, it's worth it because it is the transformation that makes magic happen in our lives. You know, we teach about manifestation at Star Family Wisdom, or at least I should say they've channeled information through me about manifestation for, for our audience because <laughs> most of what's, you know, on Star Family Wisdom is from them. It's not, not me or you, right? Like we're just vessels, you know, for spirit and these other beings to, to offer information through and we're letting that happen. And so, 
So yeah, it's it's a, about meeting those challenges and inviting expansion and being prepared for the work that goes along with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's so true. And you know, I'm, I'm having a really funny visualization as you're as you're as you were talking just now because you're talking about magic and how we're just a vessel for all of this to come through. And I was thinking about I suddenly saw myself as a kind of machine that's full of all these like like the inside of a clock, you know. Uh -huh. All the whirly gigs and all the <laughs> and that it's my responsibility as the clock to make sure that all my parts are running properly yes. sure, you know they're oiled up and they're clean and they're going to run smoothly so that I can channel whatever it is so that that can come through me and then I had this visualization of um what is it Cinderella with like the talking teacup and the and the teapot and the clock and the bureau they all can talk <laughs> Because it's that magic of, you know, those inanimate objects, kind of like how we imagine ourselves as a clock or an antenna or something that's able to receive and pass information through, you know, that's partly how, this is a terrible metaphor, but that's how I'm, I'm kind of envisioning what you're talking about right now, that it, it's magical and happens in all these bizarre yeah. ways, just like in a Disney, Disney movie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, well, all that's a metaphor, right? All that's a metaphor for reality, for what reality really can be. And yeah, like even in shamanic practice, right? We talk about becoming a hollow bone so that spirit can move through us, but you can't be that hollow bone, that hollow channel. If you've got a lot of distortion and trauma and heavy stuff, you know, hanging in your field. And so, so yeah, that's, that's partially what we're doing with Star Family Wisdom is bringing information and practical tools that people can use to clear their field, to become lighter, to raise their vibration, to be in a state where contact might be more readily accessible. So, so, you know, we've learned about that, you know, just the hard way through our own journey and, and, and in that, you know, want to offer ourselves and our team to our growing community for for your support and for your evolution that's what this is all about we're in it together and as Sinead and I I think demonstrate we're all on a slightly different journey you know we're all having slightly different experiences but they're all meant to bring us back into a state of wholeness and meant to to help us evolve in the right way for what our soul's journey is yeah, yeah. Being curious and being willing to explore are two just, you know, if you just nurture those two qualities in yourself, I mean, that alone creates so much yeah. to, or allows so much to happen in your life. You yeah. know, being curious, being open and being willing. You're just in a state of receptivity. And when you simply practice being in a state of receptivity in whatever way, things just automatically start to open up in your life. And I think that, you know, we've been taught to live really small in so many ways, whether we have wealth or not. We're living in our minds and our mindset and our perception and our consciousness. We're living in such a confined way. And, um, you know, you and I are total weirdos and we're proud of it. And we'd like to, you know, we own the word weirdo um, as being part of this you know unconventional so-called exploring that we're doing but this is what life is for i think right to be able to taste all the tastes and experience all the flavors and 
you know, read all the things and see all the things and experience life as much as we can. And if you do that, you end up inevitably finding out some way or another that things are not quite as they seem. So we want to encourage everyone to be curious and to explore in whatever way that means for you. You don't have to have a regression. You don't have to, you know, um, have ET experience. I look so boiling hot right now, Jenna. It is crazy hot. Over here. <laughs> I, have, I have crazy humidity here. Anyway, so, um, yeah, just be curious, enjoy life and go out and, you know, let yourself have experiences, be receptive and who knows what's going to happen. Thanks everyone for being with us today and being explorers with us, being open, being willing to, to investigate these, these things in this part of our reality. We're grateful that you're here with us. So like, and subscribe, leave us a comment. Have you had experiences like this? Have you had a regression? Do you have questions about things that you might want to uncover further in your life? Let's chat. It's been fun getting to know you guys in the comments. So we'll, we'll wrap up here for today and we'll see you in our next episode. Thanks so much for tuning in with us. Thanks so much, everyone. Like and subscribe, share with your friends. Thank you so much and see you soon. Bye for now.